Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul and my co-host Justin Baker, all, well, 95% healthy. So he's in studio. He's in studio. not afraid of getting me sick anymore. Yeah, I'll stop licking the door handles. Or you just don't care anymore. You know, it's just been so long. I try not to uh, put my face up to that mic, though. Good. Maybe I'll <laughs> I'll uh, spray some Windex on it. Windex. Is that, is that what kills germs now? Okay. Uh, anyways, this... Uh, a lot going on in terms of playoff hockey. Uh, actually, less going on because there's only two games. Yeah, the funny you know, thing happening is, each every <laughs> like one game a night, and it's it's very it's it's very interesting because the first round's so exciting, but it certainly has less ultimate meaning when all is said and done. Nobody, you know, other than fans of a particular team, hardly anybody remembers a a first round matchup unless it's mind boggling, like when. You know, Washington blew that 3-1 lead to Montreal and what was it, 9 2010. Oh, and uh, Halak stole the show. I mean, people remember insane performances, but nobody's remembering Tampa Bay beating New Jersey in the first round. Right. That's just one of those series that just kind of goes by the wayside. Yeah, just sweep it out. I actually feel more determined to like every night I'm like, I have to sit down and watch this because it's going to be good. Yes. Whereas first round, I was like, uh, if I catch a bit of this game or this game, I'm like, okay, that, that'd be great. Whereas like now I'm determined to watch. Right. And and there's only when when there's one game a night, it's a lot easier to be like, okay, I'm going to watch this game and I'll maneuver things around. It's also easier to me to, to go, well, I, if I miss this game, I can watch this one game again later, which like that's usually what I do. For whatever yeah. reason, I have other things happening and I can't or can't watch the whole thing. It's it's easy to go back and watch one game, the first round where I'm like, I was I tried to watch as many of the games <laughs> as I could, and so I'm, you know, eventually you're like, I just have to watch the condensed games, but right. <laughs> but I mean, the first round you can be watching four games a night. And that just gets very mentally taxing. Yeah. Flipping channels all the time. Like, do I remember what just happened? I right, don't know. Right, right. Just and and that's where you just go, Well, there's so many events in hockey that happen. And sure, you you're not gonna catch every single one, but truly goals and the big chances are at least the most entertaining. Uh your advanced statistics guys would say, Well, those were just the lucky times that the goal went in, but I, I don't know if I quite buy that. No, I'm not there, but uh, but yeah, sometimes it's just it's at least worth wa- worth watching the condensed game because then you at least get a lot of the shots on goal and and kind of the main stuff. You can I I did like back when the NHL did uh, you could watch it was an actual condensed game. It was like an hour long. Oh yeah, and it would just cut out everything except for the actual gameplay. So like. It would just be, you know, puck goes out of play, and then the next clip is just a face-off, and it just continues, and you watch everything. As soon as the play's over, right back to the face-off again. Much uh, of an actual condensed game as opposed to an eight-minute recap of most of the shots. Yeah, it's like uh, I used to watch them all that, like, not... Not recently, but like ESPN Classic. I don't know if you remember that old channel. Oh, yeah. I mean, they used to throw games on there all the time. Sure. And they would be only like 45 minutes. It right. It's fantastic to right. watch that. Yes. Uh, well, okay. Uh, what what do we want to well, We have a few things we want to talk about. We definitely want to hit on uh, the Carolina Hurricanes and uh, it coming out. Sebastian Ajo is really the only player not available. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Skinner will most likely be moved according to... TSN's Bob McKenzie, 
we also, of course, will will be talking about the Vegas Winnipeg series. Uh, we're recording this Tuesday at 6 p.m. So we're going to leave the Washington Tampa Bay series alone. Although I, I'm still in disbelief that it's two nothing in that series. Crazy, uh, it's pretty crazy. But I'm I am I'm very happy for Ovechkin. I I hope this continues for him. Uh, but the the Vegas Winnipeg series. Things turn around. Let's start there. Let, let's start in that that series. It's one one now. After game one, when the Jets are up three nothing and four one, and of course it ends up four to two. But the Jets weren't losing game one. No. Game two, the Knights vowed to come out and play a much better game, and that they did, including Jonathan Marchessault, who ends up with two goals and beautiful goals the, too. Yes, <laughs> yes. And the the Knights win three one. So it's 1-1 in that series, and it was just... It, it seemed like everyone fi- did their job this time around. Yeah. Marc-Andre Fleury looked great. Every line was... And like we talked about, too, in the last... Thomas Tatar coming in the lineup, getting that goaling going. Yes. Getting the goaling. Goaling. Yes. Yeah. He would. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw you tweeted that out. Like, almost instant. You must have done it. Five minutes after we were on our podcast, I was just in. great. This isn't going to go away. <laughs> yes, if you didn't hear, I was a little tired the last show, and I, I said Tatar needed to get some goaling going. <laughs> so that's a new thing, you know. Sometimes you just got to get some goaling going. Is goaling now? Let's try to define goaling. Goaling, okay? yes, because goaling can't just be like Ovechkin does a lot of goaling. No, no, that's goaling has to be something very specific. Maybe goaling has to do with coming off of a healthy scratch and producing or is that too specific um i'd say maybe somebody who hasn't produced in a while okay you could say that there we go so whether they're a scratch or fair yeah fair someone who hasn't scored in a while needs to get going yep goaling yep okay uh yeah so thoughts on winnipeg's play in game two they looked a little slow yeah, um, yeah, I, that's the exactly the sense yeah. that I got. That it just looked like, wait, what happened? Not game the same one? team. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I think that that kind of goes back a little bit to to what you've always mentioned before. Every single round prior to this is game one is kind of a throwaway. Yeah, a little bit. Yep. And I I, I completely agree with you, especially in this series. Um, you know, Winnipeg came out, was ready to bruise, was ready to hurt. They were skating, they were ready to go, and Vegas maybe wasn't prepared to what kind of game they were going to get or what kind of game they were going to run against Winnipeg. And I think they kind of figured it out more towards the end of the game one and they came out and played their game in game two. Winnipeg, on the other hand, just was like, I don't know if they were deciding they're going to just put it on cruise control and just walk over Vegas at this point. But yeah, I I would assume that that wasn't the case. I don't think that anybody on that roster (laughs) is like, oh, all right, cool. We won the first game. It'll be no problem. But I, I do think that what we talked about after game one was Winnipeg's coming in off of a high, winning a game seven. They're pumped. Vegas has been resting. And they've, mm-hmm. they've had a lot of rest. I mean, they won a series in four and five games. They've only played nine games thus far before this round. Right? Yep. Six against San Jose. No, it went five games. Are you sure? Yeah, it went five okay. games. Yeah. Uh, we can look that up, but I'm pretty confident it's five. <laughs> uh, whereas Nashville, you know, they went, they played 13 games. So they played f- four more games, which four playoff games, I mean, that's it's a little more taxing. It's much more taxing than four regular season games. So a little more wear and tear on the body. Uh, I, I would say that Winnipeg comes in 
with that with that high and with with the momentum and the fact that they've been playing they're they're ready to roll where's vegas just a little bit rusty and and there you go the rust is shook they knew what they needed to do this team is very determined and very well coached i expect game three to be a toss-up once again and i i do think that winnipeg will play better connor hellebuck has not really had to I'd say even against Nashville, he didn't really have to steal any games. Like the games that Winnipeg won, they scored. I, you know, they were they were scoring goals. I, I think they won one game that was a pretty close game in, in that Nashville series. But I mean, there was Hellebuck to me didn't have to steal any games. Whereas Mark Andre Fleury has stolen probably every single game <laughs> except for a couple. Uh, so I, I think that. Ultimately, I'm still I'm sticking with my pick of Winnipeg. Uh, it was six games. It was. Oh shoot! Where was I? I don't know. Oh, well, at uh, least that's according to TSN. So, well, I would trust I trust uh, Canada's leading sports network. Yeah, there Actually, you go. Actually, they're second place. But you know, if you check Sportsnet, <laughs> Rogers more, le- more legit. But no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I just think that Vegas ultimately it's it's gonna. The fact that even even though they've been playing these guys fairly even throughout, that's just going to catch up to you against a very deep team. Yeah. So, any any other thoughts on uh, that series so far? I'm well. Okay, so we know Tatar got in because David Biron was sick too. So I'm interested to see now that Tatar's produced, he looks like he can be thrown in that lineup pretty much anywhere. Um, yeah, well, you have to. Yeah, you, you keep the guy in. But I'm, I'm interested to see now how they roll that line. Uh, you know, do they keep Tatar up there on the second line with James Neal, or do they maybe throw him down on the third or fourth line? But, you know, we'll see. Okay. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's shift gears here to some teams that aren't in the playoffs. Oh, bummer. Uh, there's only really – I mean, we've got a lot more selection at 27 this point. Teams. There's 27 teams here. Uh <laughs> I will uh, I will pump my own writing here for a minute as I will allow you write at hockeybuzz.com another um, hockey rumor kind of site and uh, I write about the Florida Panthers in particular so I've been doing a series of potential trading partners for the Florida Panthers Mm -hmm. Uh, and so for our purposes I want to open that up to any team and and in any potential trades Um, but in particular I was writing on the on the Red Wings and as I looked through their team and look at who needs to be re-signed, a lot of RFAs that are top players for this team, Athanasiu, Dylan Larkin, Mantha, Tyler Bertuzzi, Martin Furk. Uh, we'll leave Furk off being a top player. But <laughs> uh, but nevertheless, Furk probably coming back played a, a decent role for this team, a good, a good little pow- second power play guy. Uh, with Dylan Larkin, 63 points. I mean, he's... He's going to get paid pretty well. And Anthony Mantha, 24 goals, 24 assists in just his second year. I think that he'll... I, I'm, I'm curious as to what kind of deal you think that he'll get. Because he's 21. He'll, or he will be 21 by the time next season starts. Is that right? Um, let me look that up, actually. So, uh, whereas... And, and Larkin's 21. And so I, I think that those two guys have to be priorities for the red wings he's 25 three three, three 23. 23 i added the fingers up yeah sorry that's okay all right so 23 uh whereas andreas athanasiu we know last year i mean we talked about it 
on this podcast quite a bit leading into his re-signing last mm-hmm. year where they finally got him locked up. Uh, it seems like he's probably the guy who you would look to be on the outs to me. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually have had the same thought process for quite some time. Um, I, I, I don't think we've ever really talked about it. Um, before, but I, I think Anthony Siu is the most likely trade candidate for the Red Wings because one, they they've got forwards there. I mean, they've got some good young forwards in the minors. They've got some good young guys here with Larkin and Mantha, like we talked about. Um, they still have some middle aged veterans who, honestly, I wish they could find some way to get rid of some of their contracts. I'm going to say cough, cough, Darren Helm and Abdulkader. But, anyways. Not even Vegas was dumb enough to take those contracts. Right. Who did Vegas take from Detroit? Uh, it's going to drive me nuts. But I, the minute you say his name, I will know it. Um, I'll look it up. But anyways, so so Detroit has you know a decent mix of forwards. However, the one thing they lack, and they do have a couple decent prospects, but maybe not guys that are really ready to go. Um, they they lack. Defense. Thomas Nosek. Yes, that's it. Thank you. Yeah, he's a good fourth line winger. But um, <clears throat> yeah, so to me, I've always thought of Anthony Seu as the perfect opportunity for the Wings to move out of forward. Who again, because they they kind of ended last season, you know, with that that little rough. You know, he wants more money than they're worth. Over like we we laughed about it a bunch, like four hundred thousand dollars or something right. ridiculous like that. Um, after after scoring. You know, being in the top 15 of uh, yeah. five-on-five goals last year. Right. <laughs> and again, he's still producing. Two years ago, I should say. Yeah. Well into the, I don't know what the numbers are, but his five-on-five yeah, goals I are think still great. It, it's over the last two years, he's like 73rd in the league in five-on-five goals, which sounds, you know, he's buried way down there. That's but two guys from every team, basically. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So he's, he's up there yeah. in terms of... Uh, I mean, he's in the top 100 players, and there's there's a lot of players in the league. So right. he's he's not necessarily going to be on your first line, um, nor should he be. No. But he can fill out where – I think we used to always think of, like, all right, who's your top six forwards? And then, okay, just sprinkle in the rest of the bottom six. The game has become much more about your top nine forwards. Mm-hmm. And maybe, like, you, you want to have – seven players in your top nine that are solid top players. And then you can sprinkle in the odd guy who you can kind of shuffle in and up the lineup. Right. And I think that Athanasiu is the perfect player to shuffle all throughout, whether he plays on your first line, your second, you know, it it doesn't matter. Just you find the guy that he's going to play with. He can play 15, 16 minutes a night. I, I, I see him as not in terms of the same game style, mm-hmm. but in terms of value. I think that he could be very a, a similar, maybe a little less production than uh, James Van Riemsdyk. If he plays with the right players, wow. uh, where James Van Riemsdyk gets very little ice time, mm-hmm. but he's put in the offensive zone a lot. And a team that looks to to have a lot of stretch passes, Athanasiu is the guy. Yeah, I, I could actually. I, I mean, I didn't even think about this until this moment. He would fit well with the Leafs' style of play, where their game is all about the stretch pass. Yeah, I mean, he would be unreal. 
So to me, I, I guess my question for you, where well, I'll, I'll tell you what I posed in, in my article is that I'm you know speaking from a Florida Panthers standpoint. Mm-hmm. Panthers have the 15th overall pick, and I think that that's, that would be enough to get Athens to see you. I, I think maybe the Panthers would ask for a third-round pick along with Athens to see you. Uh, I don't know. I, see, this is, this is where I go, okay, Thomas Tatar, a guy with only one year left on his deal after this year. Three years, my bad. <laughs> a lot of de- <laughs> a lot of years left on his deal. Uh, it, but either way, an older guy uh, is worth a first, a second, and a third round pick. Athanasiu had more points than than Tatar did this year. So does it, and and he's much younger. So he's he's cost controlled. He's only twenty three. So. Uh, a first round pick to me doesn't seem that unrealistic or that unreasonable. Uh, it just depends on, you know, if you want to get a little bit more. Of course, you're always going to go, well, yeah, you know, we want to try and get a second round pick along with them. But I don't think that that's, that's realistic. But to me, the Red Wings, if they can get a pick in the top 20 for Athanasiu, then you use that to take a defenseman. And you finally, and, you, and you're going to use, you know, they're going to use their sixth pick. For a defenseman. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I mean, the top four of the top five players in this draft are forwards. And then it's, it's like nine defensemen in a row are yeah. probably about who's going to go. So I, I think you are looking at uh, the wings taking one. It would be so ideal if they could t- take two, develop the two together, and, and uh, you know, then, then you're talking, all right, there's two guys who could potentially fit in your top four. And suddenly their defense in two to three years is looking much better. At least the prospect of it is looking much better. Right now, in three to four years, I I think that, I mean, their defense is going to have, by the time these contracts are up, <laughs> Cronwall's 38 next year, Stop Erickson's laughing. 35, Daly's 35, and, uh, of course, Mike Green probably not coming back. Danny DeKaiser will be 29 uh, and and really, your youngest defenseman Xavier Willette, who's a depth defenseman. Yeah, he's gone. He's you don't. You, I, I think I think the Wings will move him at some point. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I mean the the Wings defense is it's a joke, and we I mean we talked about that from the beginning of the year, and it's and it, it really it proved proved to be true. So, what do you think Athanasiu is worth? What would you want as as a Wings fan? I think it's yeah. Uh, often us as fans do overvalue our own players. Uh, and and perhaps I'm even biased because I hear so much about Athanasiu and I'm here in Detroit, even though I'm not a Wings fan, that maybe he's maybe he's not worth a first-round pick. Maybe he's worth more than that. Uh, what are your thoughts in terms of his value? No, I actually couldn't agree with you more. And I, I think I, d- I don't necessarily agree when you say Florida might want a third rounder back. I could maybe see like a fifth round pick or something late going back, or maybe even a lower level prospect from Detroit. Okay, um, yeah. but to me, a first round pick sounds ideal for Detroit. One because yes, I think they they could really use some help in terms of youth, start to develop guys. Because you look at their their depth down in in the minors and juniors and all that stuff. They got a couple decent. Um, you know, defensive prospects with uh, Chalowski and uh, how do you pronounce it? Savari, Vili Sahari. I can't, can never remember how to pronounce his name, but 
Um, Sorry, Yarvi. <laughs> that's it. Thank you. Yeah. yeah so they, they got a couple guys that are in the wings ready to maybe, you know, start start chomping at the bit here in the next couple seasons. However, outside of that, there really isn't a ton. I think, yes, this first round pick that the Wings have at number six will likely be ready to go in a year or two. He might he have might to even start go. this year yeah, because absolutely. they have no one else. <laughs> right. I mean, is so, what do we know about Nicholas Cronwall at this point? I mean, well, do we do we is he healthy? See, that's the mystery because they honestly everybody I I read about um, who wrote about the Red Wings said that he might play half the season and then go on long-term injury reserve for the rest of his career for the contract anyways because of his knees. However, he ended up playing 60 plus games. Yeah. Which was very shocking and playing good minutes too. Uh, you know, he wasn't necessarily buried all the time on that um, on that third pairing. So for the Wings, if you're if you're looking for a return, you want a first round draft pick. And that is so ideal because you look at what Tatar got, you look at, you know, what a lot of other teams were willing to pay. And granted, they do get a little bloated in terms of prices at the deadline. But I think at the draft, you can probably get a little bit more for teams who, you know, necessarily, you know, at the end of the or middle of the first round might say, oh, well, you know, there's really nothing here that, you know, we're really super high on. Maybe we could, you know, we have a couple extra second round picks. Maybe we move back and we can get a guy like Anthony C who we know we can throw in our top nine and provide lots of depth either on the wing or he can sometimes play center by giving rid of our first round pick. Now we know we get a guy who can help us in the now. I'm going to tell you what, this conversation is just really like, if if I'm a team <laughs> like the Florida Panthers, the Toronto Maple Leafs, yeah. I'm looking at a guy like Athanasiu. I, I actually, I, I, I'm thinking from a Leafs perspective, here's a beautiful trade. And one that I think that the Red Wings sh- would do. If you traded your first round pick, the Leafs do have a first round pick. I'm pretty confident in that, in that fact. Yeah, they do. Uh, they do have a first round pick. So, I mean, I think that pick's like 26th or 25th or something like that. I think it's 25th. Yeah. That 25th pick should get you Athanasiu and Nicholas Cronwall. Oh. Any team that needs and, and and even from like a like a Florida Panthers perspective, he's only going to get paid 1.5 million actual dollars whereas his cap hit is 47. Right. So, for especially for a team like Florida can doesn't have to actually spend the money. Right. Uh but I mean he's a serviceable guy on the back end. They were talking at the end of the year, Dale Talon was saying that he wanted to upgrade their defense. Mm-hmm. I, I think Cronwall as a 5-6 guy is an upgrade. I, I think that he can be a, a good 5-6 guy uh, if he's and, and if he's just limited in his time playing, getting paid $1.5 million is really no like, you know, there's, there's no, no loss. And Detroit doesn't have to Detroit gets to get rid of that of that contract, it, it would be, I think, seen as a win for Ken Holland from from fan a fan perspective too. Is that you just need to start shedding some salary cap? Yeah, I think. Or is he worth more than that? Well, no, because the way that you're looking at me is like I wouldn't give him up okay, for that. So I I <laughs> <laughs> I don't see Cronwell going only because Kenny Holland has proven to be very loyal. The Red Wings who have been around for a he long does have time. a no move clause, but it is a he, a ten team Modified I can be yet. traded to. Right, I don't, I don't see Kenny Holland even approaching Cronwall to say, "Hey, can 
can you or are you willing to be moved? Um, just because, again, the loyalty factor I think that Kenny Holland has with a lot of the older guys here. I don't think he has any room to be loyal anymore. No, I, I He's I, not I there forever agree. anymore. He has a two-year deal. No, I'm not disagreeing with you about that at all. I, 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 I think, think he's going to change the way that he's done things. I sure hope he does. I, I, really, I really do. Really, I think that yeah. he's... some like, New owners... I know that it's not new, technically new. It, right. There's, yeah. It's a new owner. I mean, it's a son. The owner. kid's taking yeah. over. But, and and I, I think that, I mean, he's going to have to, he's going to have to do something here because there's, there's no way you can come back next year with Cronwall, Daly, Erickson, Zetterberg, Nielsen, Nyquist, Abdocator, Helm, the, the same iteration of the Red Wings. It, it's that, that's dumb. Especially because this team's too, this team is still too good to finish in n- near the bottom. Right. I mean, they, they did still. I mean, they were sixth, but well, uh, what do you think if they tried to move? Because I, I think this is not necessarily like teams are going to be willing to take him. But I think if you if you find the right suitor for a team that really wants Anthony Cio, you might be able to throw this guy in. But a guy like Jonathan Erickson with two years left after this year, it's the two years. You really think that? I mean, he, because you get three with he, he has a no trade clause. No, it, it doesn't right. kick in till after the summer. Ah. Then he has a nineteen team no trade list. Okay. So you move him at the draft before that kicks in. He has absolutely no say. You you get rid of that cap hit, which everybody since he's signed it has been looking and shaking their head. If if you were going to trade for Erickson, yeah, it would be I I Athanasiu. Yep, Erickson. And maybe you would give up maybe a second round pick for that. There, there's no way a team's going to take that deal because he's not, he's bad. He's, he is legitimately <laughs> one of the worst defensemen in any team's top six in the I'm NHL. I'm not disagreeing with you, but maybe if you're Detroit, maybe you say, hey, we'll keep a million and a half of his salary. That way you're, you're only on the hook for maybe three, three and a half, and he's a serviceable. Five six defenseman for you. He's not Florida. though. Well, I'm not saying he's he not is, a but serviceable maybe you can five con six defenseman. Florida into doing I, that. I, I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, the Dale Talon is the old school guy. He might, yeah. you know, Erickson's a big kid. You know, exactly. He's, he's only he's he's 35, but he's a big kid. <laughs> uh, yeah, to me that that's where it makes a lot more sense with Cronwall with one year left. Uh, I don't does does Erickson's deal. Uh, does the salary lower throughout the deal? Not really. Uh, it yeah, really. Actually, it goes up. The oh, last does two it? years. Okay. Yes. So I, I don't think that you're going to you're going to see at least a team like Florida take that on. You maybe if you were to take half the salary, set, ship them off to uh, yeah, ship them off to Arizona, or send money with Arizona. You know, you don't hear teams doing that anymore. Trading Not as money. Much. Remember back, like yeah. when Eric Lindros was traded to the Flyers. I think they sent like fifteen million dollars. Really? And when Gretzky was traded to L.A., L.A. sent Edmonton a bunch of money. Oh too. yeah, yeah. So you just don't you don't hear about that anymore. I wonder if you can't do it anymore. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, um, what was so, it? Hold on. I just I always this always cracks me up. But uh, Chris Draper or was it Kurt Maltby for one dollar? Oh, it was Kirk Maltby from Winnipeg. Yes. <laughs> okay. 
Yes, Kurt, Kurt Sorry. Maltby. <laughs> Ended up being one of the better two, two-way players in the game for uh, for a little while. He was on Team Canada in the Olympics. Yes, even. he was, with Chris Draper. With Chris Draper. Probably the worst Team Canada sent to the Olympics. 96, was during, it? No, that was uh, 2000. the 2006 team That's that went right. to Torino, Italy. Yep. They were Sweden won that one. They were yep. a little bad. Yeah, they had Sweden five Red Wings was. on that Swede team. And Daniel and Henrik uh, in their prime, along with Zetterberg in his prime. Yeah, they had... Yeah, they were. Lidstrom, Erickson, and Cronwall on defense for that team. That was a that was a nasty team. And Johan Franzen. Uh, okay, well let's. Uh, oh, I just want to throw this out: the fact that Vegas is the most Canadian team in the Final Four, and Winnipeg is the most American team in the Final Four. <laughs> just a just a little a little tidbit for you there. Uh, let's. Uh, Let's shift to just some random things that have been floating around. Uh, of course, Jonathan Taves to Montreal has been some ideas floated by uh, by different people on the internet. Boy, uh, we're just going to keep them anonymous uh, because it's. I I don't think there's any legs to it. I really don't think that it's going to be easy to trade a guy with ten and a half million dollar. Uh, yeah, especially when your goaltender's salary is about to kick in at 10. Right, right. Yeah, I, so. I just, I really don't see it. I also don't see why Montreal would want to do this deal. I, I think maybe they think, okay, if we can bring in Jonathan Taves with a, a young guy like Druan to throw on the wing, maybe that kind of ignites it. But to me, I'm thinking, if that's your mindset, why don't you look back at when every like every year where they tried to put Patrick Kane on Jonathan Taves' wing and it really didn't produce a ton of offense. He also has a no move clause. Oh, that too. So <laughs> I don't. I, I'm I'm pretty confident he's going nowhere. Uh, yeah. Why would you if you were? I mean, you got a sweet gig in Chicago. It's a wonderful place. I mean, granted, yeah, the media there is still brutal, but it's not as brutal as in Montreal. Chicago's got two first round picks, their own in Nashville's. They they've got. Two third round picks, they're okay. I think they're good. They'll be able to uh, to retool here if they can find a taker for Brent Seabrook. Yeah, that's, that's the big one. That's what they need to do. They need. I, it's it's unbelievable what Brent Seabrook makes. I know. I've also, and it's, it's insane that he's making more than Duncan Keith. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. No, it really doesn't. Uh, I mean, at the time when he signed his deal, that was the going rate for a guy like him. But who would have thought that he slowed down that quickly and that bad? Yeah. Like, he, he just dropped right off. I mean, I think they're probably just going to go, we need to just wait for this lockout. The new buyout. Like, the the next CBA. And, right. and that's always a part of it is, hey, we get to we get to erase some mistakes. Yeah. He'd be the uh, the Vincent LeCavalier of, of this lockout. Or hopefully there's not a lockout. Hopefully it's just a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hopefully it's... Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh, well, yeah. I, well, I mean, I think it would be cool if a big-name player was traded like that, but I, can't, I just can't see Taves in anybody else's jersey. It's no, strange. The, the funny thing is when actually I heard about this rumor, they originally posted it as, oh, a big-name central division center is going to go. And the only two that like made sense that Mike had traded were Sagan or Taves. And I'm thinking, okay, uh-huh. yeah. No. Sagan's a free agent. After next season. After next season. Yeah, he's yeah. only making five and a half right now. Yeah, he's going to get, he's going to get 10. He's going to, yeah, absolutely. 10, 11. And, yeah. Yep. Yeah, Dallas is in a interesting spot because they haven't won anything 
other than winning that one random playoff round. Hey, maybe Montreal wants to take Jason Spets off their hands. How many years? That's does seven he... million left on his deal. Is is he just is he there for? I think an, he's got one more another year. Year probably seven mil. Yeah, because he was signed by Ottawa. Yeah, to get way back in the day. Yeah, he's got seven and a half million. One more left. He he is a. Uh, a ten trade, ten team, no trade list. Mm. So, I, I just I don't see Montreal being a good fit for Spezza no, with, for one so year. Either. That yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't make sense. Uh, let's let's just spend a minute talking about something outside of the game of hockey. Oh, um, the sports betting Supreme Court decision. Okay, that is now going to allow sports betting. Oh, uh, what it, what it allows is. It's there's no longer a federal ban on sports betting, mm-hmm. so now states can decide what they want to do uh, in terms of allowing sports betting. So, and there's already a few states that have like already set it up to where as soon as that decision goes Passed. official, yeah. then they it was legal in their state and they were good to go. Uh, I know that uh, what New Jersey with uh, Atlantic, Atlantic City, City, it was already it's already there, so. I'm curious as to if you think there's anything that the the, the NHL in particular is going to do um, to regulate this with their players or with, you know, how are they going to manage this betting in all these different cities across their league? Is it going to change anything? Does it matter? I'm not really sure, to be quite honest. I I've never really read too much about... Um, especially where it is legal, like we said, Vegas. I, this year in particular, I really haven't heard too much chatter about it being an issue with players, with fans, or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, that's a good point. So, that it hasn't really made yeah. any difference in, in, in there. It's so just, I think if you're the NHL, why rock the boat now? Well, I think you're going to have to... I, I I think already you would have rules, like you can't bet on the NHL. Sure. I right? mean, like, that Pete Rose kind of situation. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sure, you, for the players. You just, you just don't bet on the National Hockey League at all, ever. Yeah. You're probably best not betting on any sports while you're a professional athlete. Right, and that totally makes sense. That's fine. Um, but in terms of the fans, uh, one thing I'm curious is, do you think it, it infiltrates its way into the actual arenas itself where like you can bet between Ooh. periods, stuff like that is what I'm curious to see if that might happen. Yeah, that would be very interesting. I mean, I know, I know from being in Vegas and going to sports books, um, those are the places where you can bet on sports is at those sports books. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you, it's a particular spot in the casino where you can go. It's not like you can just go to a seven 11 and bet on sports. Right. At least I don't think you can. Uh, but yeah, that would be almost like turning it into a, like a, a horse track, right? You know, where you, yep. you can go to the horse track and, and do that. Uh, the one place where I think that it'll be interesting to see what the league does is in terms of, you know, you've got a guy who works for an organization and he has some insider information right. about maybe some different players or like medical uh, staff. What's the, yeah, oh, yeah. this guy has a, a hurt knee, but we're not telling anybody about it. And so he gets the insider information and goes and makes a bet against that team because he knows some extra stuff. Uh, obviously, he couldn't as an, as an employee, but. You know, sharing that with family or right. I, I don't know. I don't know how that works, but I'm sure there'll be some some regulation on things like that. Where if it's if you're caught, if you're found out, you know, you're penalized up to this much money. And yeah, yeah. I, like I think it personally. I think it's great 
Uh, first off, because I'm all about states' rights. So yeah. okay, there you go. We won't go politics on you, but <laughs> states should have the right to do what they want to do. Uh, but I, I also think when I've been to sports books, mm-hmm. it just adds another level of being into a game. Excitement. Like, yeah, I don't go in and throw hundreds of dollars on a game, but hey, twenty bucks on a game, or you know, five bucks on this game, ten bucks on this game. You kind of throw your money around and it gives you a reason to. Reason to kind of get into it and watch a little bit more, and I I wonder, hockey hasn't been traditionally a great sport to bet on right. because it's so random. I wonder if because now it's being opened up, that more people will do it, and the the way that it's done will get better. That's yeah. I I love your point though when you talk about people becoming more invested in the game because I mean for instance. A lot of teams that maybe, like for instance, football, right? Fantasy football. When I started to get into that a few years ago, I never really jumped on that bandwagon just until a few years ago. And now all of a sudden I find myself being invested in games where I was just like, had no interest yes, in watching. Yes, like, exactly. The Bengals against the Steelers. You're exactly. Like, okay, I don't really have any reason to cheer, to watch it. Right. But. Oh, Andy Dalton. I, I started him. And I, yes. I gotta, I, he's got to get two touchdowns or I'm screwed. Mm-hmm. Right. So now you're invested. You're thinking, okay, I, I hope the Red Wings third line gets you know two goals now i definitely have to watch them if you're right. a fan of the islanders or something um you know stuff like that where you get people spending more time watching these games that maybe they they weren't going to watch or you know maybe even you know nonchalant fans who never really thought much about hockey now all of a sudden they're like oh well shoot i'm betting so Another i gotta watch it on. yeah yeah and now they just get sucked into the game because it's it's that awesome so beauty um did you know there's after this Western Conference final, mm-hmm. nine teams in the NHL will have not made a Stanley Cup final. Interesting. I know. Who are completely those turning, turning it on its head. <laughs> right. <laughs> Going away from gambling. There. Well, let's let's see if you can uh, let's see if you can guess said teams. Guess said teams. Okay. Yes. Well, only ten teams have not reached the Stanley Cup final. Yes. Ten uh, teams have not reached the final. Well, I can definitely tell you probably one of them is Arizona. Yes, Arizona is one of those teams. All right. Since 98, right? 1998, yep. Um, Winnipeg, one of those that's not in it. Vegas, another one that's just I yep. guess, their first year, right. if they're and, counting and it. Which, which but one of those teams will have we'll made it, it right? Yes. So we'll drop one of those teams. Absolutely. Uh, since 98, uh, well... Are we counting the Washington Capitals then, or are we counting the year that they made uh, it? In 98, 98, we are counting it. So the Washington Capitals have made it. Okay, okay. so they have made it. Um, Columbus Blue Jackets, I know that. Yeah. Minnesota. Minnesota. Okay. Um, Florida, there's another one. Yep, yep. Florida. Um, how many was that? Well, you've any? got three left. Uh, four three. left. Four left, okay. Four left, yeah. Two Canadian teams... Two American teams on that Two list. Two Canadian teams. Well, Montreal probably. Yep, Montreal. And Toronto is the other. That, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. They have not they made the final since there. 1967. So Has it really been that long? Yep. Wow. The last time they won the Cup is the last time they made it to the finals. It's disgusting. I was not aware about that one. And the other two teams, the New York Islanders, okay. who have yep. only made it to the second round since 1988. Well, since 1983. Yeah. Uh, and the St. Louis Blues. Okay. Interesting. Who made it to the conference finals a couple times? So that one would have been harder for me to guess. I think I I would have really had to have sat and thought about it for a hot minute yes. for St. Louis. I, I know I I threw that on you. Thank you. Um, well, we wanted to we we talked a little bit about the Red Wings. Yes, and, and they're you know with Athens to see you, uh, but as the Stanley Cup Finals 
come into picture and uh, and this playoffs wraps up uh, our plan throughout the summer or before leading up to the draft we are going to do um, individual team preview shows yes so uh, you know any questions about your individual team and what they're going to do in the off season we'd love to answer those we'll be compiling those so you know ask them now and we'll have them in the show that has you know according to uh, to what team you're asking about and uh, we want to get lots of user feedback or user, user listener feedback, feedback. <laughs> and uh, and you know we want we want the show to be things that you are wondering about so um, you can tweet at us at OT hockey talk go to OTHockeyTalk.com and uh, and you can comment on anything and ask us ask us whatever questions Twitter definitely the easiest way to reach out and uh, we are on there all the time as you as you know you know Justin throwing out tweets five minutes after the show <laughs> making fun of me so uh, we will be goaling all summer long good yes yes all right well that is our show for today join us uh, later in the week we'll keep on breaking down these playoff series and all the rumors going on throughout the league justin any any last thoughts uh i just want to warn the listeners that we're probably gonna have to take two maybe three episodes just to talk about the maple leaves so be warned yeah that's i mean I could, I could do. I, I could know do. you could. I could do it. Maybe we'll just, <laughs> you know. We put the, the listeners through that. Do we just start an overtime Leafs talk? Wow. Okay. A little side chat. Overtime Buds talk. I don't know if we can call it Leafs talk. I don't know if that's like a copyright or something like that. I used to have a podcast called Leafs Cast. Nobody ever said anything to me, but, you know, nobody ever listened. So, no. Some maple talk? Maple talk. <laughs> we talk about syrups. Hey, I was thought you guys were going to be talking about trees, but... <laughs> You're talking about hockey. Okay, I'm out. All right. Well, we will talk to you very soon at OT Hockey Talk. Love to hear from you. Have a great rest of your week.